the Don't Split Up Horror Podcast. This is episode number 53, and today we're talking about the new smash hit, Cocaine Bear. I'm J.R. Foresteros. I'm Amanda Foresteros. I'm Moza Haiti. And I'm Mackenzie Gill. Uh, so this movie's called Cocaine Bear, and I gotta ask, in general, do you enjoy... So Mackenzie, do you enjoy animal peril movies? Shark movies? Um... <laughs> Shark Not movies, dinosaur movies. No, so like, like you're too scared of them. You just think they're dumb. Like, what's? I don't think they're scary, and I think they're dumb. So, not okay. Really wow. Any. So, like, Jaws. Not a fan. Jurassic Park. Not a fan. Jurassic Park was scary because when it came out, I was seven. A <laughs> <laughs> <Are> we taught. <laughs> I don't even know what year that came out, but I'm assuming I felt ninety two. Like yeah, nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. Oh, that's when I was born. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! <laughs> uh, no, I just don't think they're scary. And I know Amanda that Jaws is like the epitome of all things scary, and that no like i remember watching that when i was little and just thinking this was absurd okay so and that's maybe, i guess what i generally think about yeah you are a big creature movie fan oh give me every creature feature and i'm so here for it i <laughs> i will say that not all of them give me nightmares but any of them that involve sharks or wolves yes absolutely we were watching an episode uh the first episode of animal control the new joel McHale sitcom uh and it involves ostriches and she nearly had a religious experience (laughs) yeah i just love and am terrified by all animals i'm just obsessed with them i get very very irrationally excited when i interact with anything we were walking down the street in the middle of new orleans and there was a huge possum like massive possum just hanging out on the fence and i had to go and touch it and i freaked out and there is video evidence of this same thing in mexico i've touched iguanas and said that they were dinosaurs i'm just a weirdo yes i love all animal peril movies one thousand percent I think we could change Mac's mind here if we did some type of bird creature feature. She has a deep, dark fear of birds. Like so. the birds? I w- yeah. What was the scary movie that we watched where the... Where a girl like saves a dead bird or kills a bird and then slowly morphs into a bird? That one did freak her. That was, was that, uh, the hatching or whatever? Yes. 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 Yeah. That was disgusting. <laughs> and it was specifically the bird part, not like the body horror... I just Art. can't imagine anything worse, right? Than having <laughs> wings and being able to fly? Oh, but, oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, what about you? I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, yeah, do you do you enjoy creature movies or are they just like a fine thing that you're happy to watch? No, I love them. Uh, rarely would I say I find them to be scary. Like even when we were younger, Cujo should have held some weight because I've been bit. I've been bit by way too many dogs uh, and had a deep fear of dogs when I was a child as a result. And even that wasn't like scary, but I always find them like extremely entertaining. Jurassic Park was a huge hit in my house. It was right when my dad got his first like theater set up, so to speak. And he had surround sound 
and he loved, you know, the puddle scene. Like that was just, we watched a lot of Jurassic Park. Um, but no, I, I just find them thoroughly entertaining, not necessarily scary. Yeah, I'm the same as you. Like I, obviously I enjoy watching them with Amanda because she freaks out uh, again when ostriches are on the screen, right? Um, so, but, and 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 while I understand why people find them scary, they are not a thing that terrifies me. So I, I like you, Mo, I enjoy them. Uh, enjoy watching them, enjoy the experience of watching them, but they're, they're not the thing that's keeping me up at night. No. So, um, yeah, so Cocaine Bear, that. Hmm. Is it horror, JR? Are all creature features horror? You know, I have a loosey-goosey definition of what comes, what, what's horror. I think there are people that are going to be frightened by this movie, and yeah, it's because definitely got cocaine? a ton of gore. Or because of the bear. <laughs> yeah, both probably, right? Drugs are bad and scary. Drugs are bad. <laughs> I had a friend when I posted my review haiku of this on social media, she is a recovering addict and she's like, I used to be there. She said, I can't believe you gave it such a high grade. And I said, it's really fun. She goes, oh, I used to be cocaine bear. It is fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. One of Max pet peeves was the amount of cocaine this bear did. And she's like, that's just absolutely impossible. The lethal dose of cocaine 50 times over. So that really lost it. Clearly, she doesn't know who Rick James is. Which, from (laughs) from what I understand, in in real life, the the bear that this is based on actually did die of an overdose. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I think there's probably some speculation there. Because from what I read, the bear was found having ingested 75 pounds of cocaine. Like, literally was just full of cocaine, stuffed packed. but only like three to four grams of that had actually entered the bloodstream of the bear. So I think one could argue that the bear just gorged itself to death once it had this cocaine addiction or high. Absolutely not. The bear saw something that it wanted to eat, so it ate it in true bear fashion. And then the second that it hit a lethal amount in his bloodstream, which was only 3.4 grams or whatever it said, that's when he died. Not when it was he packed. Was... What? Full of cocaine. I mean, all of that. I think it gorged itself to death. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of you is a medical professional and one of you is not. So I guess we'll never know the truth. (laughs) Don't don't even say anything. (laughs) Uh, And and I was interested by the fact that the the true story happened in 1985. So I didn't even really think about this as a like a, a genre piece, but yeah, it was, it was set in a particular period, right? It was, it was a 1985. So no cell phones, right. Uh, kids who have very little parental supervision, which, which played in a big, you know, this is like the stranger things era, right? Absolutely. No, I mean, there's, there's not much I didn't enjoy about this film. It was perfect. <laughs> we'll talk about it. So, so uh, we are recording this on the Friday that this film opens. We all went and saw screenings last night. Uh, so it did a $2 million opening night for Thursday night, which is pretty good for a movie of this size. It has a $35 million budget. And as of today, they're projecting a $15 million opening weekend. So it's really good for this movie. Something like this is probably going to have a lot of legs to it. Um, it was directed by Elizabeth Banks. It was produced by Lord and Miller, who did like 21 Jump Street and the Lego movie and a lot of those kind of comedies. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm kind of curious, Amanda, as the creature feature aficionado, tell us how Cocaine Bear was. Oh, man. I Well, I mean, obviously, when you walk into a movie that's called Cocaine Bear, you have a certain set of expectations, or at least I did. And I was... 
I had pretty high expectations, especially because I love Elizabeth Banks. And I think that, I mean, I think she's an incredible actor in most of what I've seen her in. And I particularly love her in Slither. So I was just pretty pumped about that. Uh, I, as, as a creature feature, I can say that I did not have nightmares last night from a cocaine-addled bear, but it ticked all of the boxes for me it was incredibly enjoyable it was funny it was a little bit scary um not necessarily like jump scares but definitely you know bear scares bear scares animal peril (laughs) that kind of thing uh just kind of kept you guessing and you know what a cool like cameo to have ray liotta and i believe was his like final film at least one of his last roles yeah Yeah. before he passed away so yeah and the fashion all of that stuff from being in the 80s because i was actually born in 1985 so a bit earlier than mac (laughs) so yeah so yeah i loved it i thought it was great but what about you? Seems like you say kind of spoiled a little bit. It sounds like you loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I agree with Manda on all accounts. Love Elizabeth Banks. Uh, expected the humor that we got with that. Um, and it was very true to a name. Again, it was called Cocaine Bear. And they didn't they didn't try to deviate from that. It was Cocaine Bear uh, from start to finish. And it was fantastic. Um, I don't think I went into it expecting much, again, given the name and the previews. Uh but what it did deliver was exactly what I wanted. The so, Mac, what about you? So, <laughs> unlike Amanda, my bar was on the floor. <laughs> I had no high expectations for this film, and it pretty much met exactly what I thought it would. Uh, <laughs> for a horror comedy, I was neither scared or she chuckled. laughing. No, the... Uh, my favorite part of this movie was the little side story about the cop and his dog and the final scene <laughs> with the dog walking out and trotting over with its cute hairdo over to the over to the guy. I was like, yeah, that's hilarious. That was the best part. And the fact that he's so worried about that thing. I loved that. And that was my favorite part. And it wasn't a bear or cocaine. So. <laughs> um, well, I also really loved this movie again. Like, so I gave it an A minus for my re- review haiku. A bunch of people were like, I can't believe you gave this movie an A minus. So I had to explain, listen, my movie re- ranking system is about, does the movie do what it's trying to do? And if it does, it gets a B like that's, that means like the like movie met expectations, right? For me, this movie did every, if I had made a list of all the things I want a movie called cocaine bear to do it, <laughs> as Amanda said, when the movie, when the credits rolled, she said they understood the assignment. Yeah. Right. Like they did, they did, they delivered. And then I thought, I thought there were several things that really went uh, above and beyond some things like, like the, the little side story that you alluded to Mac and just, I mean, I would love to go back and see how much screen time the bear actually occupies because I felt like there was this whole weird world of characters that we were hanging out with that were all interesting in their own weird ways um, that all had these little story arcs and stuff like that, that all sort of ended up converging around this bear. But like the, you know, the kid that wants to go to New York, who is part of this like national park shakedown gang, you know, (laughs) Um, the two mobsters that are sent by Ray Liotta's character to go, you know, to go from St. Louis to Georgia, like all of that stuff was just so weird and goofy. And I think if you took any of those characters out of this particular movie, I would still find them interesting, you know, in their own way. And I was like, man, that like that, that's how you make a movie like this work. Right. Um, you like 
yes, the cocaine bear is the gimmick that gets me in the door. Um, and you certainly pay that off in a lot of ways, but that's just a YouTube short. It's not a, it's not a feature film, you know? And so I just, I thought that it, it just worked on a lot, a lot, a lot of levels. Uh, and there were entire sequences featuring the bear that we'll get to in spoilers that I thought were just really funny and succeeded because of all of the character work that had been done and how that then smashed into this, you know, cocaine addled bear. Um, and to your point, Mac, you know, I thought it was interesting uh, in in a, an interview with the writer, you know, they said, in, in the true story, the bear didn't do that much damage to anything. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I saw the story on Twitter and I was like, oh, there's something here. And I decided if I'm going to write a movie about it, cocaine bear, one, it's going to be called cocaine bear. And two, it's not going to be the true story. It's going to be like my fever dream of what I would want <laughs> to happen if a bear did a bunch of cocaine. Right. So like the, it stretched far beyond the, the bands of credulity at multiple points, including the number of times the bear ate cocaine. well and even in the opening sequence right like it it is quoting wikipedia so like you that very much sets the tone of what is i also chuckled at that that was my second laugh of the entire movie i love the source acknowledgement yeah Yeah. i mean it's like you said though right it's 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 telling you that it's in on the joke Mm -hmm. right and i think that's super important for something like this So, so so i asked someone on what they said i can't believe you gave it such a high grade and I said, well, you know, make a list of the things you want out of a movie called Cocaine Bear. And they said, probably just to laugh. And I doubt that's what the movie intended. And I was like, oh, no, if, yeah. if you're calling the movie Cocaine Bear, like you are expecting people to laugh at it. Right. Like this is a laugh with us, not at us kind of a thing. Um, yeah. Any other any other general comments before we dive into some spoilers? I think there's some fun stuff to talk about it here. No, I'm excited for spoilers. Don't All right. Well then, Mo, what was your uh, what was your favorite sequence? I thoroughly enjoyed it from the beginning <laughs> till the end. <laughs> like Mac was truly annoyed with me and just kind of looking over, like, "Are you doing this just to be facetious? Like, is this real, or are you laughing?" Um, I loved it. Uh, I like when the bear was like scratching its back, and they're like, "Oh, honey, it's a bear. Look!" And then she's like, "I don't think this bear's right." <laughs> deranged like, or something you just don't know how to use the camera give me the camera like <laughs> i i agree like all the nonsensical things in the background and the stupidity of the people that like even if it wasn't a coke addled bear you shouldn't be doing when you see a bear in the woods and then the fact that it is raging on cocaine made it all the better but no there there wasn't there was not one specific thing where i was like yes this is the best ever i do agree with mac there is this horribly ugly dog and i love that they take the time <laughs> with this cop to be like you know he's sitting in the uh, in the precinct and he's calling into the rescue agency and he's like yes i'm so and so i'm a single male you know i feel like i got this dog and it's a beautiful dog there's nothing wrong with this dog but i feel like i was meant to have this big masculine dog and they're like that never resolves itself and he continues to love and care for with all his heart this tiny little like frou-frou dog and yeah it was the details behind the bear that i think really brought together because they didn't have to lean on the bear the entire movie you had humor at every you know possible point and then when the bear came in it just uh you know exacerbated those little side stories Absolutely. I was going to say anytime Henry was on the screen, I just wanted to know what he was going to say because he (laughs) spoke 
so weirdly and sophisticatedly at for a 13 year old and then when he's like yeah i've done cocaine and then he just like <laughs> eats it and you're like oh my god i can't believe we are watching a movie where these 13 year old kids are eating cocaine off of a knife like what what am i watching right now like i loved that when he when he climbs the tree and they're like how'd you get up there and he's like i don't know and then they're like don't you know that bears can climb trees and he's like uh-oh <laughs> that whole thing hysterical the paramedics and how like surprised they were at the fact that there was this bear and then the way that they end up getting completely murdered was like so (laughs) brutal and vicious and hysterical the poor park ranger i felt like she's like putting on her lipstick she's sprayed her little perfume she's trying to like impress jesse tyler ferguson oh my gosh there were so many so many like just gold moments i loved it you guys recalling this is a thousand percent funnier than the movie. <laughs> well, so I want to, but I want to point to the whole sequence in the ranger station as one of those where like all of these little details work so that then when you add the bear into the mix, it just is pure pandemonium. You know, you have her who we know so many things about her. She's got this little lockbox. She's worried about these hoodlum kids. And then those kids are the ones that are in there. The bear comes in, she shoots the one kid in the head, <laughs> right which is probably not the biggest reaction of the movie in our theater. Um, and then, yeah, again, when the paramedics come in and you know what's behind the door, and of course they don't, which then resolves in this whole outrageous ambulance chase sequence. I mean, all of that, I think, just paid off so well. The other one that I really wanted to highlight was when, uh, I'm just going to always call him Clay Davis from The Wire, but... When that actor, the the detective who had the dog, ends up on top of the gazebo, uh, and then the guys are down on the bottom, and then the bear passes out on Han Solo, uh, <laughs> and just completely falls asleep, and then they're all having this conversation with him <laughs> while the bear's passed out. Uh, them calling the truce. Um, I got definite in Bruges vibes during yes, that, where they're yes. like. They're in the middle of shooting at each other. You know, one person's already been shot, but then they're like, all right, we got a bigger problem. We're going to step back. We're going to get right back to this. We're not friends yet. Yeah. Wait, I yeah. hated that scene because Mo pointed out in the moment the bear is passed out on top of their friend. Why not just shoot the bear in the head 50 uh-huh. times over to make sure it's dead? That was so frustrating. So, you know, I agree with you, Mac, and I had that same thought, but I think it goes to point out how much more of a threat we understood the bear to be than they did. Um, for them, it's a black bear. Black bears are typically relatively harmless. This thing has not charged at them. This thing hasn't, you know, and um, at this point, it's now passed out slash maybe dead, right? They don't understand that it's coke addled. They don't understand that it's already killed at that point, probably five or six people, you know? So I think it's playing with those extra. And again, to, to your point, Mo, there's already this whole other situation going on that they don't want to necessarily add a dead bear into the mix of. Um, I will agree. And the one thing in the back of my head, because that was my comment, I'm like, well, maybe who's afraid if he shot the bear, he'd shot, shoot his friend. He doesn't know where he is under that giant bear. He was yeah. just smothered. I... That, but but to your point, Mac, right? Like, I, I definitely had that same objection. And I was like, yes, this is where we suspend our disbelief because we want <laughs> 30 or 45 more minutes of cocaine bear. <laughs> right? That's exactly That's, what it felt like. Like, yeah. that would be too easy. So, 
Yeah, which I'm fine with, right? That's horror movie logic. Why do you run up yeah. the stairs instead of out the front door when the killer's in the house, right? It's because that's what you do. I would also say that I loved that his, he had two random fingers shot off that were not next to each other. And then the <laughs> How is that even possible? Commented on that. How is this possible? <laughs> I was so tickled by that so much. I love the end where the fingers are getting crunched. And yeah. He's like those weren't going back on anyway. He's not <laughs> even mad. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember what movie it was, but it was a movie that was produced by Lord and Miller. I think it was maybe Mitchell's versus the Machines. I don't know if y'all saw that animated film, but they the the writer talked about how Lord and Miller would go through the script page by page, and they would ask like how many more jokes can we cram in here? And then once jokes were in there, they would say like, how can this be funnier? Like what's a weird way to spin this? And that was one of those details that it was like, yeah, that was probably like a sixth or seventh pass through that scene where they were like, what if instead of like, just the two end fingers what if it was like two random fingers and then there was this whole extra you know because yeah in a crisis when when there's crazy stuff happening it is little details like that that you get fixated on because that's so much easier to like focus on than the big crisis of (laughs) there's a cocaine bear like in the middle of you know all of this um and it is hilarious Mm -hmm. and a little ice cube did great Oh yeah. yeah. I couldn't stop talking about that the whole movie. Ice Cube Jr. is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I I was picking up on uh some really interesting sort of nods to uh and again, I don't know if you attribute this to Banks's direction or to just what the movie was doing, but there was there was some really interesting like feminist things going on, like with the detective and his dog right where he's this big macho detective who needs this big macho dog and then like when he's dying all he can think about is like is she a good girl is she okay you know like you can see this like genuine affection that's like deep inside of him for this little dumb dog that he literally just met earlier that day right (laughs) that he was trying so hard to posture like he doesn't even care about um the fact that at the end of everything it was there was a lot about bad dads and good moms right like the mother Mm -hmm. bear uh, Carrie Russell's mother character being the one who would go to any lengths. And of course, Ray Liotta and I just Ray Liotta and Han Solo is what I'm going to keep calling him, right? Uh, <laughs> that uh, both were being bad dads in their own ways. And and the fact that, that Han Solo's character was so um, like emotional the whole time, right? Like he's crying and just weepy. And he has, you know, six more days of John before they can <laughs> fix his tattoo. Um, <laughs> And, and then even at the end, though, like what we get between him and uh, Ice Cube Jr. is this really non-toxic masculine friendship, right? Where he's like holding him and apologizing to him and saying like, you're my best friend, you know, I love you. And this like really good sort of not toxic masculinity as opposed to what we saw from Ray Liotta's character, um, you know, which is the like suck it up and t- do it for the family and blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, I, I just... I thought all of that was really subtle and nice. And I think too, given that this film has such structural parallels with a lot of slasher movies, the fact that we didn't get any gratuitous nudity, you know, was another really interesting, like it was like, for me, it was like conspicuously absent in a good way. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't need that sort of male gazy sort of stuff in a film to still be uh, 
titillated in a lot of ways and and at least three-fourths of us delighted so um <laughs> i don't know i i i haven't quite decided uh, if there's anything worth digging into in those themes yet so listeners would love to hear if you uh I don't know if you think there's something more there. We yeah. Need to, we how need many to, how many depths there could possibly right. be in cocaine bear? We need to print out and turn that college <laughs> essay in, right? <laughs> so, uh, so let's talk about uh, at, sort of by way of wrapping up. I'd love to know for y'all what makes a good B movie, uh, because again, according to the writer Lord and Miller, uh, who produced the film, and Elizabeth Banks actually only agreed to do the movie so long as it was called Cocaine Bear, right? So, so I think that speaks to something about the kind of movie it's going to be, which which I know we've already talked about. And in our in our pre-show chat, we were talking about you know Snakes on a Plane, which was the same thing. Samuel L. Jackson signed on for a movie called Snakes on a Plane. They actually tried to change the title that was supposed to be a placeholder title, and his manager came back and said, "Mr. Jackson will only do this movie." If it is called Snakes on a Plane. Respect. Um, right. I mean, but again, right? Because I think for him, he's like, if I'm agreeing to do this movie, uh, I'm agreeing to do the movie that is going to be called Snakes on a Plane. And if you try to call it something else, I'm afraid you're going to try to make it like something that, <laughs> you know, that it that it's not going to be able to be slash that right. I won't be able to be in. Um, we talked about Zombievers. We talked about the Velocipaster, right? These movies that are not, they're not trying to be Oscar bait. They're not trying to be the next Die Hard. Um, they're trying to be like they're. Try- uh, you mentioned Slither earlier, which I think is another great example, right? It's not. It's 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 trying to hang out in this. Um, we're more interested in you having fun than in this being like an epic tale for the ages. Exactly. Uh, I mean, they're not working with the Jurassic Park or the Jaws budget. Um, although I have no clue what Jaws's budget was. I'm just assuming it was hefty. Um, but at $35 million, and again, going back to your point, this is cocaine bear or it's snakes on a plane. You want to know what you're getting from the title. And then that's what you expect to see. Um, it's been kind of, but it's interesting that you bring up the type uh, the, the budget, because apparently the vast majority of the budget went to Weta to do the bear. They wanted the bear to be as lifelike as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's where they spent the vast majority of, of even their mid-sized budget. Which I thought the bear was fantastic. Um, no, I, I mean, I think we kind of beat this horse, but it delivered everything you expected from the title. And I think that's what makes a great B movie. I don't want to be misled by that or the preview where you get a few campy scenes and you're drawn in and then the rest of the movie is a letdown. You know what I mean? Like, if So this let's talk about camp- that. Like what if you could articulate what are the things you want from cocaine bear snakes on a plane zombie beavers right like what what are the things that if you walk out of the theater and they haven't been delivered you're gonna feel cheated like i think in this case if calling it cocaine bear i'm already think it's kind of tongue-in-cheek i'm expecting it to be fun you know laugh at itself uh whatever if you go into this and all of a sudden it's this real dark heavy bear stalking people through the woods on cocaine everyone's terrified you got this blair witch-esque you know crying in the dark type uh feel you've lost me because that's not scary i don't believe in that and i'm going to be bored for the rest of the movie mac i'm interested for you you know you kind of said you went into this movie without really is it fair to say you were not anticipating enjoying it? Like you just kind of knew this was not going to be your bag from the beginning. That's correct. Okay. That's so correct. like in that case, do you have any expectations? Are there things that you were like, you know what, this movie wasn't for me, but it did what it was supposed to do. Or 
um, again, were you just like not invested enough to even care that much? I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that B level movies are my cup of tea, I think is what it boils down to. Cause I'm agreeing with everything that your guy's saying it's cocaine bear. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why my bar was on the floor. <laughs> like I, I just don't think that does it for me. I want to be more wowed at the end of a movie and this wasn't. And also, again, you guys talking about all the funny parts of the movie is a million times funnier to me right now after a beer. Maybe that was the missing component. <laughs> <laughs> then I was laughing in the theater. Really just, I mean, yeah, nothing had me like tackling. So I guess if it's going to be B-rated, I, I would amp up the humor. Yeah. And I think for me, like, number one, I think the title has to has to give it to you. Right. If it was like if it was even called like the bear or um, I don't know, even if it were to be called something like drugs are bad and don't mix them with bears, I'd be like, I'm still going to go see that movie because that sounds hilarious. I mean, obviously, cocaine bear is way more solid. I should not be hired to try and name movies by any stretch of the imagination. But but like all of these other B movies, I think that's what what it does for me is it's that expectation. It sets the expectation of this is going to be funny. Uh, the effects may be really bad. Like I, I dearly, dearly love Lassa Pastor for so many different reasons, but especially because they had no effects for their budget. They had basically like a paper mache, like velociraptor t-rex kind of thing like i i all the fake blood all of those different kinds of things i love that uh the amplified humor i just really thought it was done it was very thoughtfully done in like a very funny way again i would probably approach it more as being a comedy than a horror movie but i mean yeah. clearly they brought the gore also and i thought that the effects were really solid i wish that there was just a teensy bit more like the bear seemed a tiny bit more realistic but again it's a bear doing cocaine and like at different points is like you know like even like actually <laughs> snorting it not just like while it's snowing and it just happens to you know go up its nose or whatever so <laughs> Oh, I loved when it was passed out and the cocaine just kind of yeah. slowly <laughs> slipped into the nostril and it was exactly. back to life. And then it was like, <laughs> um, you know, I think I think a movie for me that was meant to hang out in this wheelhouse and failed spectacularly was Alien versus Predator. Mm. Um, because, again, what am I expecting when you give me a movie called Alien versus Predator? Basically, I want to see like a boxing ring with an alien on one side and a predator on the other, right? Like if you gave me that, I'd be pretty happy. Um, like and instead, predator. <laughs> what's, were, what'd you I say? You're very quiet. <laughs> I really no like alien versus predator. I think you should go back and watch it again, Mo, because I've it has it way too much plot. <laughs> there are so many people in it who have so many lines of dialogue and so many story arcs and none of it, none of it is giving me that like, just the alien and the predator fight predator fighting and i know that sounds contradictory because i just praised how much i liked all of the surrounding cast of cocaine bear um but again i think it goes to show how how much really good writing pays off i think you go back to something like freddy versus jason which is another like no one making this movie is trying to win an oscar right maybe for costume and makeup right that that's that's maybe but like it's called freddy versus jason and that movie in my mind succeeded spectacularly um, I also like that one. 
yeah, I just think I just think it's it's a terrific fan servicey kind of a movie. So yeah, what do I want from Zombievers? You better believe I want to see a zombie beaver bite someone and they turn into a zombie beaver person. And we got that. <laughs> you know? Um, like what do we want from snakes on a plane? Want a bunch of snakes on an airplane. That's what we got, right? Um, so I, I think that's what this movie did so well, is it just it just injected pure chaos into the middle of like an otherwise, I mean, I very normal and scary quotes, right? Like normal life. Uh, and it was, it was just tremendous fun. And, and started the tone. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mo. Uh, I was just going to say it's, it completely set the tone at the very beginning. (laughs) And the guy jumping out of the plane bangs himself on the head. That's it. That that was the other thing I was thinking about the masculinity thing, right? You have this guy who's like hyper masculine, who's just like, oh, uh, you know, doing karate moves and punching the air and like, being like, yeah, 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 <laughs> putting sunglasses on in the middle of the night, like all this kind of stuff. And then yeah, he <laughs> hits his head, falls out of the airplane, and dies. And you're like, okay, yeah, this is. <laughs> and that's what I think. That's what excels. You can't take yourself too seriously when you're going in for a movie like this. I think that's kind of what I was getting at as well. Like if it comes in as cocaine bear and then it gets all dark and gloomy and they try to do something else, right? It's not as fun. Like I think that's why Bruce Campbell's the king of you know B movies because it's always campy, it's always fun. He always delivers the same. Ash vs Evil Dead is fantastic because it never strays from Ash vs Evil Dead. It never tries to be something it's not. You know, it's interesting too. I'm just kind of thinking out loud, but like the movie has a fairly conservative take on drugs, you know, like we are scandalized like that. We are seeing these 13 year old kids do cocaine. <laughs> you know? Like I think the movie, I think the movie intends for us to be shocked and scandalized by this. Right. Even though yeah, it opens the 80s. With, well, and it opens with all of those <laughs> 80s anti drug commercials, right? This yeah. is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Um, so I think, I think again, it's, it's it's trying to help us remember the self-serious tone of the war on drugs and then actually give us a fairly like anti-drug anti-drug dealers anti you know importing drugs from colombia anti-cocaine like i i I don't know y'all can disagree with me but i didn't think cocaine was portrayed in a particularly positive light in this film absolutely not like we don't get a scene where carrie russell is like hold on she wants to see a real mama bear (laughs) you know and then like goes and like takes down the bear right there's there's no moment where like cocaine is used to be glamorized or glorified in a way like it's always part of the problem in Uh, ways that i think a lesser movie would not other than making the bear even more awesome right and the the children bears also just like playing in it like it's snow (laughs) and feeling real good about their lives the children bears at the end were great i know they were so yeah, but cute. people die if you do cocaine is what I learned from that movie. Yeah, absolutely. I should Not incorporate ever. that into the D.A.R.E. program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Make all of the fifth graders watch that, this movie. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> like, there are a lot of movies about how fun drugs are. And this movie managed to be a lot of fun, but never glamorize <laughs> cocaine. True. You know, I think that's an interesting line to walk in a movie that and I think I think a lesser movie would have fall into that trope at the end especially because they're making that they're making everything except for the premise up anyway right right like they don't have to stick to like showing some heroic park ranger that took down the bear and saved a bunch of kids or something like that like no like the bear just died of an overdose i'm on max side on this sorry mo um and uh 
Um, and so they can, you know, they can play however they want, and yet they still resist that urge to to glamorize cocaine in any way. Yeah. So, any more thoughts on uh, on Cocaine Bear? There are apparently sequels. Sequel. There are sequels in the works. So, no. what the writer has said. I mean, especially if this those kids get hooked on drugs, you know, those kid <laughs> bears just grow up to keep those baby snorting. Cubs, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They grow up addicted well, to cocaine, so their tolerance is so high. And all they do is search for cocaine. Yeah. Right. Also, they didn't find all the cocaine. That was yeah. part of the true That's story. Right. The cocaine yeah. was never found. So these bears could just be sitting on a cave full of cocaine, living their Absolutely. best life. Yeah, but the bear in real life couldn't even resist the urge to gorge itself on an entire 35 pounds. Yeah, this is a tougher, stronger second generation of cocaine bear. That's right. Tolerance so is higher us. tolerance. Maybe it's starting to, <laughs> so many Pablo Esco bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been uh, episode number 53 on Cocaine Bear. We will be back in a couple of weeks with our episode on Scream 6, the latest entry in the very terrific Scream franchise. Tagline for this one is New York, New Rules. So stay tuned. Uh, Let us know what you think of the Scream franchise. Uh, We'll probably talk a little bit about the preceding five films before we get into Scream 6, but uh, catch up with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash don't split up. Also, of course, you can find us on Twitter using the hashtag don't split up and uh, take care of yourselves out there. If you go into the woods, uh, maybe take a, what do they call that? What do they give you when you take too much Coke? Or is that just for heroin? Snorco. Narcan is just for heroin. Yeah. I don't know how you fight a cocaine bear. The movie didn't really provide any satisfactory answer. So don't coax the bear. Don't coax the bear. We learned that. (laughs) Don't climb trees and Uh, don't coax the bear. Anyway, stay out of the woods. Maybe use your best bet. And of course, whatever you do, uh, don't split up. (laughs) 